you're a deserter. I like to think I'm merely exercising my freedom to choose not to kill for a living. That is not your choice to make. What have you to gain? The future will be our Jedi! Isn't that what somebody programmed you to believe, Captain? No, Cut. It's simply what I believe. Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with John Boyd. I'm the favorite. And Drew Shepard. I'm losing power. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're the favorite what, John? Brother. Whose favorite brother? You're my favorite brother. Just ask ask our parents. Oh, okay. The favorite son. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Probably true. Probably true. Actually, (laughs) definitely. Let's move on. All right. Uh, hey, John. Yeah. Do you know the best thing about shopping at the Darth Mall? <laughs> what is it? Everything's half off. No. <laughs> Who's up? Let's just know. keep slashing those go. prices. Yeah, you go. <laughs> All right. So what did the stormtrooper say to Luke Skywalker when he saw him? What? He said, I've missed you so much. Because uh, <laughs> stormtroopers miss. <laughs> I got it. I got it. I chuckled. <laughs> so what's the internal temperature of a tauntaun? What is it? Lukewarm. There it is. Lukewarm. <laughs> uh all right, I want to tell you my favorite way to start a podcast. We've never done this before. Listener emails. Ooh, the email. Chicken email, chicken email. What, what, the Open. email? But <laughs> <laughs> that it's from a female. Oh, <laughs> Drew, you know what we're talking about? Not a clue. All right, we'll tell you sometime. <laughs> Homestar Runner. <laughs> I'll have to introduce you to Homestar Runner sometime. Um, All right. Here we go. From LMS. Hey, guys. I've been listening for about a month, and I love your podcast. I'm always looking forward to it, but I have one question. What days do you upload? I just check every week to see if there's a new one. (laughs) Also, I have a Lego Star Wars YouTube channel if you want to check that out. LMS Productions, and I did check it out briefly. Um, I'm going to go look a little bit more later. It's pretty cool, so check that out. Uh, if we have any other listeners out there, you know. I know we have at least at least two others, <laughs> people that we know. <laughs> <laughs> so go check out LMS Productions. Okay, but what days do we upload? That's a good question. Um, so my attempt is to upload over the weekend, either Saturday or Sunday. I think the past couple have ended up being on Sunday because I just didn't get it done on Saturday in time to upload. But that's what I shoot for. There may be times where uh, we go into Monday. <laughs> this week actually may be one of those times because I'm currently on a uh, sort of a pseudo vacation and I'm not actually getting back to my house until until Sunday afternoon probably. So if I happen to have time to edit it, 
you know, in, in time to get it up Sunday, then, then, then I will, but chances are this week's might actually be one day, even later than that on, uh, on Monday. So that answers that question, but thank you for the email. I was super excited uh, to see that I got one. I actually was, we were, Drew and I were actually out, out together tonight with our wives over by the beach and we, uh, we were sitting, drinking our bubble tea and I happened to pull up my phone and saw that there was an email and, and I got super pumped. Oh. So we were talking about that, but um, Drew didn't know what it said until now. I did end up going ahead and reading it ahead of time. I got to make sure, got to make sure, you know, all the content is on par. <laughs> that was LMS Productions. LMS Productions. Yeah, LMS Productions. Let's check it out. All right. Three episodes all we're discussing tonight. The first two are in an arc, and then the last two are the last one is, is its own arc. I don't remember any of the episode titles or the arc titles, but this first arc is about basically what happens is we have a Jedi who gets captured by General Grievous. Now, this is a Jedi we haven't seen before, but he gets captured by General Grievous, and General Grievous sends a message out, I think just to sort of taunt the Jedi. And when he does, that Jedi that he captured does some hand signals and sends a message to Obi-Wan and Anakin and the other, what's the name of their side? The Republic? Is it the Republic? Yeah, the other Republic forces the other republic generals telling them where he is located and so they're able to send a bunch of ships in to find him it's a sort of a typical obi-wan creates a distraction while anakin sneaks in and attaches to the ship they raid the ship they general grievous decides he's going to go board and face uh, obi-wan and obi-wan expected him to do that uh, but they also kind of expected Anakin to sneak in, and so they were ready for him too. But ends up they're, they're successful in freeing the Jedi who was captured. They uh, General Grievous does lose the fight to Obi-Wan, but then escapes for the most part. He actually get, jumps in an escape pod and jettisons out, but then his ship crashes, his, his escape pod, along with some other escape pods from his ship, which is destroyed, crash lands on a uh, an unfamiliar planet to them and so that's that's where the next episode starts and at the beginning of that next episode they basically send in troops to go after and find general grievous so it's it's obi-wan primarily along with rex and some of the other clone troops i forget if anakin is part of that ground assault or not i think he i think he is but anyway they go after him and they are uh, eventually able to locate him. But while that is happening, there's sort of a side plot going on where Rex gets injured and ends up being brought to a local's house to be nursed back to health. Come to find out in that home, we have uh, the woman is a tailhead woman and two kids, both tailhead. She has married a deserter from the clone army and he has set up his own life there on this new planet. So that, that really ends up, in my opinion, sort of becoming the main focus of the episode at that point. And I think the first episode in this arc is really just to set up what happens in the second episode. Uh, that's sort of how I took it. I don't know what y'all, y'all's impressions were of, uh, of this arc. I'm, I'm interested to hear them. I kind of felt like the first episode was was very lackluster. I mean, I liked the fight scenes. The General Grievous vs. Obi-Wan was cool. There was some cool stuff that happened. It just didn't. It, it all seemed very rote, just generic 
Like I, I felt like we already, we'd already seen all this before, but then it set up that second episode where we had a, an extremely inter- interesting interaction between Rex and the, uh, the clone deserter that he discovers. So what were y'all's overall impressions of this arc? Oh, I'm sorry. Was there a question? I was watching these LMS production videos. <laughs> sorry, let me pause that for a second. <laughs> I should also mention, hey, we are recording this episode later than any other episode we've recorded, so if we sound a little yeah. off, that's why. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, so, uh, yeah, I, I agree. Kind of lackluster. Um, one thing that, that really kind of clicked with me on this episode, though, is is really how awesome Obi-Wan is. Um, and you think of the battles that he gets in uh, and and is not really uh, ever defeated. Um, we see him defeated in uh, episode four, New Hope. But that he just kind of gives up there. Um, but he gets into some really intense battles, and I think he's uh, if if you're just watching the uh, the movies and not watching the Clone Wars, uh, you're missing really how incredible of a Jedi Knight Obi Wan is. Um, and he really is, he he definitely holds his own against Grievous. Uh, and then there's a famous uh, a quote from Obi-Wan that's, that's all, honestly always kind of bothered me. And that's the, hello there, uh, in the prequels, um, when he faces Grievous. Because I'm like, why would, you, why would you give yourself away, first of all? Why didn't you just stab him in the back? And why have that attitude towards this monster droid thing? But now it's like, you know, they've got a history. Uh, and, and that's what we're seeing in the Clone Wars is is this long history between Grievous and Obi Wan that to me makes that hello there entrance okay like I'm good with it now uh, and yeah. I like it I, I like that it's it's uh, here I am again hey it's me um, that you don't really get from just watching the movies and so that's it made uh, my mind went way off while watching this thinking about all the battles Obi-Wan's been in from, from Darth Maul to Anakin to of course, Vader um, and, and Grievous and these others that we see him in. And uh, he's an incredible Jedi. I'm right there with you, John. I had a similar thought. It's funny. I, I was thinking that if I ever introduced this to, to anyone else, the star Wars franchise, to anyone else that isn't familiar with it or, you know, Someday, Lord willing, when, um, you know, we have kids that are at the right age to start watching Star Wars. I'm like, I don't know that I'm going to let them watch episode three until they watch the Clone Wars, because this gives so much background into three. And the more I'm watching it, the more I'm enjoying the story that it's actually telling since I already know what happens. And so I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, and just speaking of Grievous and really that same conversation between Obi-Wan and Grievous one thing that I was found really curious is when Obi-Wan calls um, Grievous Dooku's errand boy. And he's like, I'm not an errand boy. And he just was saying, <laughs> well, you know, what are you, what are you fighting for? He's like, I have no political ambitions. I have no desire, but just to lead this army. And Obi-Wan's like, to what end though? Why are you doing this? And his answer was to destroy Jedi, which I found really interesting because that doesn't seem like 
a really good answer. I mean, not that the writing was not good, but I mean, from a personal perspective of my goal is to just see all Jedi dead. Like, okay, well, what, what, what does that get you that you really want? Because that seems like more of a, a stepping stone to get somewhere else, to be able to do something else. That doesn't seem like a, my end all goal is to hang a plaque above my, my bed at night saying, I have killed all Jedi. Like that doesn't seem logical to me. And so I didn't know, you know, if there's anything else that maybe I've missed or just that y'all know to come for really Grievous's true end goal for all of this. Now it's speculation, of course, but when I think about what we know about Grievous so far, even from this series, Grievous was this mighty warrior in his culture who basically took on all these droid parts because he thought they would make him better. He did it by choice because he wanted to become a better warrior. Why, why would you want to be a better warrior? You know, what, what's the purpose of being a warrior? He didn't really even serve a nation anymore. But he brags, I think even in this episode or maybe in the next episode, about how he commands the greatest droid army that the galaxy's ever known. And so I think he's kind of on a power trip. And that may be who he is as a, as a character is like, I'm going to just try to be the most powerful person that I can be. Uh, I don't even know that he really cares that much about authority, like having the most authority. I think he just cares about being extremely powerful. And I think defeating Jedi, Jedi are going to be the, the, they're the most powerful warriors in the galaxy. Right. I mean, there may be some more powerful warriors than them. But I think of some of the most powerful, most skilled, most well-respected, most varied warriors in the galaxy. And so by slaughtering Jedi, he is facing himself against maybe worthy opponents and just says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill a bunch of people. Maybe he has more history with Jedi than we know as well. That could be the case too. But uh, just based on what we've seen so far, I think it could be just that they are powerful opponents that he can test his mettle against. I would agree. I would agree with that, you know, pride, power tripping, and, and that Jedi being our powerful opponents. But everything we'd even see from here, I would, I would think that if he's wanting to take on the most powerful beings, he would actually be fighting the Sith. Because every, everything that we've seen when the Jedi say, oh, you, need, you can't just go in there by yourself, you know, bring two or three Jedi to take on Grievous. That's not enough men to take on a Ventress. You know, you need more, multiple Jedi to take on one of the, um, you know, some of the Sith, some of their apprentices. And so, you know, if it's just a pure power trip and he's just after to beat the strongest, you would think he would go after the Sith. But there's only two Sith, right? Palpatine and Dooku are the only two Sith at this point. Well, I guess, I mean, Ventress too, like an apprentice. Okay. I don't know. Maybe that was just the direction my mind went, but. So, so to not get too far off, <laughs> I, I, I think that, uh, uh, to me, Jedi represent order, right? Uh, Jedi are peacekeepers. At least that's what they're supposed to be. Uh, does a warrior, somebody fueled by being the best at, at being a warrior want peace? Absolutely not. Um, and so he, that's, that's my thought to why he would work against the Jedi is look, destroy the peacekeepers, destroy the ones that, that think they're all great and then use their own lightsabers uh, to kill more of them. Uh, cause that's where he gets his blue and green lightsabers is from uh Jedi he's killed. Um, and so I, I, 
I've never thought about it before, but uh, I do think he's, as far as we know, fueled by, uh, uh, I guess, that prideful warrior um, mentality and uh, speculating that it's the Jedi over the the people on the dark side uh, just because they would represent order. That's a good point. I like that, yeah. I will say I am, and back to your point from before, John, I'm actually really excited. I'm going to wait, I think, to do it. I'm really excited about watching episodes two and three again, because I feel like with the context of all of this series, you know, those were bottom tier films for us. I think you were, they were your bottom two, right? And they're, they're in the bottom three for me, Drew. I know you really like episode three, uh, but two is down there for you as well. And I just think, I think this series is going to improve my enjoyment. What, whether it will move them up in the rank, I don't know, but I do think it's going to vastly improve my enjoyment. I already like those movies a lot. But, but I think it's going to improve my enjoyment of those, uh, those films quite a bit with all the context that we have here. Okay, so I want to talk briefly about this, and we don't have to spend a lot of time about it, on it. But we talked about piloting skills in a previous episode, and that being extremely Force-sensitive gives you really good piloting skills. And we see those exhibited in this first episode here when you know, there was sort of a back and forth between Anakin and this, uh, this, this woman Jedi who's with him who had this sort of hair, you know, weird hair looking thing, things hanging down. Anyway, they come out of hyperspace really close to the ship. And she's like, how close are we going to come out of hyperspace? It's like pretty close. She says, well, how close exactly? Uh, It'll be close. And then he comes out and then it's kind of flying in and out of the fleet. The only reason I think he is able to do that, even as a Jedi is because he is so force sensitive, which reinforces the point that you made the other week. John about you know Anakin and being a, being able to be a pod racer and then Luke is a really good pilot Ray's a really good pilot because they're super force sensitive so they're all just naturally able to be really good pilots. My question is what makes them good pilots? And I thought there were maybe three possibilities for this and I wonder if y'all either have insight or just you know thoughts about it. I think it could be that they have really good reaction time, right? So he comes out of hyperspace and he's able to zip in and out of all these things that, that, you know, you would normally want to come out a little bit further away and then have time to react uh, to things that are closer. Uh, is it that the, they are just able to surrender to the force and let the force guide them maybe to where he's able to come out of hyperspace and the force basically assists him in making sure that he's not too close. And so maybe, maybe a backup to that would be like with Luke, you know, use the force Luke. And so he's able to, to, kind of just shut off the targeting computer and blow up the Death Star by sort of letting go of his own control and letting the Force take over? Or is it that they have, and we have some evidence of this with the Jedi as well, is it that they have a slight sense of what the future holds? And so maybe using that future sensing, uh, these really powerful Jedi can be almost sort of predictive of what's about to happen and be able to react to things and have time to, to process things. Uh, sooner than other people would uh, because they, they maybe have a sense of what's coming. So what do you guys think? Reaction I think time, it's, uh, ability to surrender to the force, a little bit of future sensing. What are we dealing with here? I think it's all. I think it's, I think it's all three. Uh, I've really always thought about the last two, but I think reaction time would, would play into those as well. Um, the, the, in my, the reason I've thought that is the whole scene in uh, – uh, a new hope 
where Obi-Wan Kenobi's talking to him while he's going to blow up the Death Star, tells him to put away the targeting computer, and I think he says, trust your feelings. Is that what he says? Use the Force? Or no, maybe it's just use the Force. We probably don't want him to trust his feelings, honestly. Uh, So maybe (laughs) maybe I made that up. Um, But he, he just shoots the things in there without a targeting computer, uh, a, a area that everybody else has missed and just deflected off the surface uh, multiple times before. Um, uh, but I think all the rest would, would happen as well. You think of the, the little robot that flies around when they have their blast shield on. Um, and Obi-Wan teaches him a lesson there on blocking those. Uh, but I've also always thought that how do you block a, a blaster unless you can kind of almost know where that blaster is going to go uh, yeah. before it gets there. Um, I know they're they're not as fast as bullets, um, but they're pretty they're pretty quick. And so knowing where to block that uh, blaster, I think would almost have to have a little bit of of, of knowledge as to where that's going to end up. Now, we did see Grievous block a blaster shot in the next, in that, that second episode of this arc. I don't know if y'all caught it, but it's when he was, when he shot his cable out to the ship that was leaving and said, take off. And they went ahead and took off and just dragged him along with him yeah. uh, off into space, I guess. While he was flying away and laughing at the Jedi who were unable to catch him that point and stranded on the planet behind him, uh, unable to pursue, they were shooting at him and he took his lightsaber and and hit one of the blaster bullets as it came. And it wasn't just his spinny attack either. You know, it was him actually aiming for it and, and hitting it. So I thought that was interesting um, as well. Uh, maybe Grievous is, is a little bit force sensitive too. Hmm. I'm not sure. I've never took him that way. I always took him as just a mighty skilled warrior who, you know, has robotic upgrades. So maybe that's all it is. Uh, maybe that was sort of a fluke or, or whatever, but I did think that was interesting. Okay, last question. I think that I well, actually, with Grievous, did y'all notice they kept calling him the Good General? Is is it? Am I missing something, or is that the first time we've really seen this? They kept like four or five times in their in their own dialogue. You know, Anakin and Obi Wan and, and the whole all the Republic folks. They kept calling him the Good General. I think it's just, just pure mockery, like how they mocked Ventress. Okay. You know, with their language and their tone, especially with Obi Wan, the way he con you know spoke with her. Okay. I didn't know if there was something to that or not, or if y'all picked up on that. Okay. What did you guys think about the the Jedi who gets captured at the beginning of this arc? Totally reminded me of Darth Maul, right? Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So he's, I think we're going to assume he's the same race as Darth Maul. And I'm I'm excited about learning more about that race. I feel like we're going to get there. (laughs) We'll see. Anything else in these episodes, uh, in this first episode, at least, that y'all want to talk about? I do want to talk about the next episode a little bit. In the, in the next episode, then, the, the moment that you alluded to in your <laughs> introduction, Drew, uh, the lo- we're losing power. So this was something that I thought was kind of funny. There was sort of a contrast that was taking place between Grievous and the abuse that he was showing his droids, and then... The dialogue, I think, that Rex and the deserter were having together. Did y'all catch that? Because it's like the Jedi treat the clones so good. but And, and then you, you see that contrasted against what Grievous is doing. But what I kept thinking about, based on all the dialogue that happened between the, the, the deserter who had started a family, he'd left the army and started a family, um, 
he was in the, the first battle of Genosis. Uh, and as they were slaughtering everyone at the end of that battle, he was left on the planet or whatever. He took off and then never, never regrouped with the, the Republic is how he, you know, was sort of his backstory. They ended up explaining this episode. Um, but as he talked to, to Rex and to hear the way that Rex was talking, um, it was, it was almost like Rex felt like he had one choice. There was one right thing that he could do. And that was to do the thing that he was created to do and to serve his purpose in the army. And when you, when you compare that, you know, Rex, uh, maybe even coming to a realization that I have never had a choice in this, uh, as he's talking to this other guy and say, Hey, I just, I just think we should all be able to choose. I think I should be able to choose to leave if I want to leave because I'm a human. I'm not just a clone troop. You know, I thought that was interesting being contra and I don't know if it was intentional or not. I think it probably was, but I felt like that was being contrasted against the abuse that, that Grievous was giving the droids. Cause in the past we've sort of, tr it's almost like we've tried to see a contrast between like, okay, here's the droids, here's the bad guys. But then at least the Jedi are treating the clones like humans. But when we really look at what's going on behind the scenes, they don't have a choice in the matter. They're looked at as traitors if they choose to not fight and die for the cause. It's like they've been em emotionally manipulated, like a, like a Stockholm Syndrome type thing, to, um, to uh, willingly serve their purpose. Whereas the droids are forced to do it. They're programmed to mm -hmm. do it, you know? And if they try to resist, it doesn't matter. Because, you know, they're just going to, at the end of the day, they're going to have to follow orders or they'll just kill him, you know? And it's like, we think nothing about Grievous killing a droid. They make him out like he's bad and he kills these droids and whatever, but it's just a droid. It's just a robot. That doesn't affect us emotionally, right? They don't have souls. <laughs> but it would affect us if it was a human, if it was a clone. And yet, maybe there's not that much difference between the way that Grievous is treating the droids and the way the Jedi are treating the clones. That's what I took from this episode. Any thoughts there? Well, the, the clones and the droids have both been programmed. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Drew. Oh, I was saying the clones and the droids, they've both been programmed in a different way. Oh, yeah, yeah. In a different sure. fashion. You know, one's machine, one's organic, but they've both been programmed to do one thing. And so, and I think the Jedi do treat, you saying that at the end, I, it seems, I think the Jedi, it's fair to say, treat the clones better than Grievous treats his droid. Sure. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't often see the Jedi just like taking a lightsaber and like cutting the, the clones in half just because they can't keep up. So, um, but again, that's, that's more vicious, but we sort of expect that from the, the good general. So <laughs> we might not expect how the, the Jedi treat the clones. Like we've seen, um, you know, they, not don't exactly treat them the best sometimes. So. Right. Well, it, even in the dialogue that you say, you mentioned the word programmed. That is a word that they actually say when Rex and I forget what the deserter's name is, but, um, but he does have a name. <laughs> but anyway, when Rex and the deserter are talking, uh, one of the things that, that they say, I think it's the deserter who sort of, says it to Rex. It's like, you've been, you believe what you've been programmed to believe. I believe something different. I made a different choice on what to believe. You can believe what you want to believe and that's fine. You can believe what you were programmed to believe if you want to, but I've taken a different path and I think you, you should respect that. So, so, 
so it makes me, uh, I'll tell you some of these thoughts. Plus, plus I was thinking about it with this, uh, deserter, um, is, is how, how does their programming work? So, uh, when they're told to execute order 66, right. Um, and they all turn on these Jedi that they've worked with and, and just kill them. Uh, was, is there something in them that takes over their brain and makes them now become emotionless killers or, um, because you don't see anybody in that movie go wait a second. We have to do this still. Um, they all without a second thought immediately go as soon as they get the order and kill. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious. I, I might want to read up on some more of the, oh, the, the science behind execute order 66. And then this guy that's hiding out on this, uh, this planet, uh, if he was to hear execute order 66 and his children are standing there watching him and there's a Jedi, does he immediately turn and start killing the Jedi? Uh, I don't know. Um, very, uh, uh, I'm, I'm curious, more curious now how, uh, that works out because this, uh, series has explored the, uh, the clone emotions so much. I'm hoping we yeah. find out too, John. I, I have to almost think at this point, I mean, I'm trying to be an optimist here, um, that something had to happen between where we are now and when that took place in episode three to where, I don't know, the clones had some sort of update, get, you know, that somehow took more control away, um, you know, because I'm now emotionally invested in Rex and Cody. It's like, Rex wouldn't yeah, do that. Right. You know, something had yeah. to happen. Something, someone had to mess with him in order for that to happen. But I mean, I don't know, but that's just, that's what I w want to see. Who knows? But. And, and is it like hypnotism, you know? Uh, yeah. When you hear a certain word, you do a certain action. Um, and I don't know. I'm, I'm, but these type of, uh, the, cause they really get into, um, the, the droid, not droid, the clone, um, ethics and emotions in the series, uh, more than I ever expected. Right. Oh, um, absolutely. And, and we've talked about that before. Um, and so I, I, I want to think it's some type of like hypnotism that, you know, uh, when you hear the word cheese, you're going to run around like a mouse and then you see people do that <laughs> on a, yeah. a hypnotist show. Um, so when you hear order 66 from this specific person, you will, uh, turn and kill the nearest Jedi awake. Right. Uh, you know, did something like that happen? So, yeah. Uh, cause it's hard for me to think that this guy with his children and, and wife, uh, would execute order 66. Yeah. I think, I mean, I've heard some things about it. I don't know if I, how much I want to share that with you all because maybe it will be explained in this series and maybe that's the source that, you know, um, so I won't say too much about it uh, because I, I, because I think I might have some information. I may have some knowledge. If it becomes, if it becomes especially relevant at some point, I might say it, but I will say that I, I think it's very clear that, that they they believe that they are on the Jedi side and that there's got to be something else going on, right? It can't just be that they were told, oh, and by the way, you're actually going to just end up killing the Jedi at some point, right? So I, I think that's very clear. And I, the explanation that I've heard actually backs that up. But anyway, um, 
the, the one other thing I wanted to mention is basically just connected back to what I was saying before, but uh, the, the idea of the droids being worked to death and Grievous just keeping pushing them and pushing them and pushing them until their batteries shut down. Uh, again, even to that point, th- for them, it's, they're just droids. They're just robots. So their batteries die and whatever. But but it's really not any different for the clones because, one of the again, one of the things that they talked about, Rex and this deserter, was what's next? What are you going to do after this? Um, and uh, and Rex didn't really have a good answer for him um, because they don't really, they never, they've never had planned for the clones to have a life, right? They plan on working them to death. So, uh, so I think the reason why all the grievous stuff was in there was so that we could see that it's really not that different from, from what's actually happening with the clones. Anything else about this arc that you want to? Yes. Focus in on. So I'll tell you one thing that, that I thought was really cool was, uh, when the commander droids, is that what they're called? Commando droids? Yeah. Uh, something like that. I know who you're talking about. Um, uh, so when they're attacking the house and trying to get this uh, deserter and Rex, um, I loved the style of weapons that he grabbed. Um, one was a uh, just a, a simple-looking handgun. Uh, one was almost like a short-barreled uh, shotgun-type thing. And then one looked like a, a musket. Um, and it, it was like some guy that's no longer in the war grabbing his weapons, uh, out of the closet. And that, that, I mean, it looked like a musket, it was wood. Um, and, uh, just, just, I thought that was really cool. I liked that he had the specific, uh, specific weapons, um, that, that he grabbed when he needed them. Uh, and then I thought the whole scene was kind of cool with them, uh, you know, busting through windows and grabbing him and, and all. Sure. Absolutely. And I didn't notice the weapons at all. So I'm glad you mentioned that, but, uh, but yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That was a fun fight scene. I enjoyed that one. And it made up a little bit for me too. um, seeing him save the family and Rex and act all cool with fighting after, um, what, what I perceived as, really poor judgment on his part as a parent when he's like, yeah, kids, it's dark outside. You want to go out and play with these <laughs> battle droids that we know are out here because here's the clone? Go on yeah, ahead. Yeah, that's true. Like, I actually didn't think about that either. <laughs> <laughs> Not a good decision. I mean, it, he, he kind of reminded me of, you know, Mel Gibson in The Patriot um, <laughs> where, where he's, oh, okay. he's like, look, look, I've got my hatchet again. And uh, I was just expecting him to just keep beating a a droid face in. Um, oh, that would have been awesome. Because it was, it was, <laughs> it was, it was those old style weapons that you see in the Revolutionary War um, that that looked like these blasters were modeled after. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a, a gun fanatic, uh, anyways, and so those type of things um, uh, were were pretty cool for me. The clone's hair, the deserter's hair, it was sort of. Like Mel Gibson's hair long. in that movie, wasn't it? it? Was. How did you say that? Yeah, it was long, a little flowy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Good comparison. Yeah. All right. One thing, one other thing I'll say about the arc is, is uh, the animation was, I think, better. I noticed that in the tailheads particularly because I feel like the season one episodes that we had the tailheads in, I, do you guys know what the name of their race is? 
I don't want to offend any tailheads out there that may be listening. So. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but their animation looked, it's still not good, but it, it was better than season one. So maybe we'll continue to see improvement there. Um, and I guess the tail, the tailhead gene is dominant, right? Cause both of his kids had tailheads. Well, yeah, I guess he could have married, he could have been, he could have married uh, a single mother too. Right. Maybe they, maybe they were already his kids and he just married into it. That could happen. But, yeah, that's true. I, I couldn't help but think about if those were his kids, uh, did they get the rapid aging gene and were they really just like a few weeks old? <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and actually, they would have had to because the Battle of Genosis, I think the whole Clone War is only, only spans like three years, right? So they're definitely older than three years old. So either okay. they have the rapid, the rapid growth gene <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, or she already had them when they got married. All right. I think we've, we've solved that as much as we're going to be able to. <laughs> Okay, this next... Well, I guess we should go ahead and rate the arc, right? Yeah. Drew, you want to start? Yeah, I'm going to give it a... Um, I'm going to give it a, a five, five to six. I'm somewhere stuck in the middle between there. Uh, it was fun. There was some good information, I thought, some good fight scenes. Um, I'm really enjoying getting to see the interaction like we talked about between Obi-Wan and Grievous. Uh, but that was really the, the highest point of the arc for me was... Uh, them two meeting and battling it out. Okay. I'm going to give it a, so I was a five after the first episode. I was just like, man, I don't know. This is just really generic. There, there, it's not that there wasn't anything I liked about it, but, uh, but I just really was, was underwhelmed. And, and the same thing with the next episode, really until we got into that cabin and had all that dialogue between Rex and that, and that clone. And, and I started noticing that there was maybe some subtle contrasting going on and that really upped it for me. So, um, weighing it with the first episode together, I think I've got, I think I've got to give it a seven. Awesome. So, uh, so I'm at a six, uh, so I'm right in the middle. Uh, I was at a five. I was like, you know, this is, this is, um, just okay. The, the whole thing, but it did make me think more, uh, about the grievous Obi-Wan relationship. Um, whether it was just because uh, I saw them fighting again or or not. Uh, and then we did explore a little bit more. I don't think it was anything uh, extremely new because we've seen clones do their own thing a little bit before. Uh, but it did help me explore a little bit more into the clone uh, uh, psyche, I guess, um, especially with this deserter. So uh, I, I give it a six just because it did, it did change – uh, my views a little bit. Great. All right. So this next arc has uh, Soka and Anakin going in to capture, I don't know, some wanted person. I don't know that they really gave much detail on him inside of a, a bar of a club or of some sort in Coruscant, right? We were on Coruscant for this, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Because we had the library and, and speaking. So, so then Anakin, Anakin, while he's inside, Ahsoka's outside sort of standing guard. A big crowd of people passes her, and she gets pickpocketed. So she goes after the guy who's, who stole her lightsaber but is unable to catch him. Goes back to the library, doesn't tell Anakin about it. She's embarrassed about it. Goes back to the library, talks to the librarian about it. The librarian points her to who she calls an elder Jedi, 
And it's this really old Jedi, a creature that we've never seen before, who has this uh, this beak, but I guess it's made out of cartilage because it did move around. It wasn't stiff like a beak, but it's sort of beak-looking mouth. And he helps her go and track down her lightsaber. Um, so they have to sort of follow, uh, use his knowledge of the city and the underworld of Coruscant to uh, to find where her lightsaber has ended up. And over the course of that, uh, we run into uh, you know, several different characters that, that may, or may or may not be that interesting. But <laughs> she ends up getting her lightsaber back at the end. And that's, that's pretty much it. There's not, I don't know if there's a whole lot more to say about, about it from a summary standpoint than that, but a lot more that needs to be said anyway. You guys have any thoughts about this on the front end here? Let's just rate it. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I am right about there with you. <laughs> or just because there's just not a whole lot to say. <laughs> no, it just, I, I didn't care for it. Um, okay. Well, why? Why didn't you care for it? Uh, I. Why didn't I care for it? I didn't. And I can mention a couple things. The one of the girls who was pretending. You know, there was a scene where they they end up coming across. There's these two girls that are apparently teamed up. One of those girls had these eyelids that blink sideways, and it was <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Nasty. There has got to be a reason creatures are designed to blink up and down. Because sideways blinks are nasty. And I apologize if we have any listeners listeners who blink sideways. <laughs> but your <laughs> eyes are disgusting. <laughs> we better not. <laughs> no, it, it wouldn't be. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. It was gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that orange guy, there was something fishy about him too. So. Uh, so so sideways blink girl bothered me in more than one way um but i didn't like her acting and she's a cartoon character and i still was bothered by her her verbal acting as well as her body language um and i don't know i i did not i didn't like the character um was not believable to me. Uh, and and I know guys, it wasn't go ahead. It wasn't supposed to be believable, I think. You were supposed to wonder the whole time, but but it was even it, it was it was just not good character writing, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. And her partner was very unmemorable. I think yeah. her partner was was kind of like a human with a mask on. First I thought she was a weird looking I actually thought she was a robot at first. <laughs> But then when I looked closer, it was like she had little eye holes that were cut out. She had some kind of mask on. But yeah, that's, they were not that interesting. Did you even want to like the Elder Jedi? Not really. I like. <laughs> no, I mean, I liked his. Uh, I liked his lightsaber cane. Yeah, yeah, it was cool. It was. It bothered it was kind me of a that, Yeah, it, it, it did bother me that he couldn't. Uh, um. Or just like I mentioned, the way his beak moved, like it looks like a beak, but then it moves like a mouth. Like I just if it's a beak, it's a beak. Make it a beak. Make him talk stiffer, you know, like a bird would. If a bird could talk. It bugged me how and, he's like an elder Jedi, clearly revered by the librarian and um someone who's, you know, in the archive, so he's someone among the Jedi. We know nothing about him through the course of this episode. 
we learn nothing about him and it's unlikely we will ever see him again. <laughs> so I was just like, I, this whole time I was just watching this episode, I'm thinking to myself, this is filler. I, I mean, maybe the intention was to gain a little bit more knowledge, you know, about Ahsoka and her, her training, her growing as a Jedi. But for me, it was not memorable. There was nothing that exciting Really? I mean, it was, I don't know. I knew she was going to get her lightsaber back. <laughs> All right, end. so let's, let's talk about Ahsoka's growing here because this was my biggest, as, as I didn't enjoy the episode very much, but the worst part about it, in my opinion, I just literally cracked up, I laughed out loud at the end, right, this whole time. And I think this is the main point of the episode. You have this back and forth between Ahsoka and this elder Jedi. And he's telling her, hey, slow down, trust your feelings, you know, don't be so aggressive about everything. And she is just hothead, busting down doors, threatening people, being very Anakin-like. And I did think it was interesting to see her uh, be a, a very aggressive non-Jedi-like Jedi at times. And to see this elder Jedi kind of coach her through some of that a little bit. At the end, that was the lesson he was trying to teach her was you need to slow down and take it easy and trust your feelings and, and, you know, patience. He kept saying, be patient, be patient, be patient. And finally, at the end, he says, all right, now, now that you've learned all these lessons from me and from our day, let's go in and let's teach some of the younglings. So he brings her to Yoda and apparently him and Yoda, you know, grew up together because Yoda's like, what, 900 years old. She walks in and Yoda says, oh, do you have a lesson for us or something like that? And here's what she says. She said, yeah, I got a lesson for you. (laughs) Tell me if this is the lesson she was supposed to learn. She says, this weapon is your life, but it is also your responsibility. Don't let it out of your sight. (laughs) You missed it. What do you And They ended it like that's what she was supposed to learn. I just didn't, I didn't get it. (laughs) No. Like, no, no, you laughed. Not, I faced That was a little thing you were not yeah. supposed to learn. <laughs> uh, the end of the episode, I'm like, mess. that's it? <laughs> yeah, what a, what a mess of an episode. Thank goodness there weren't more episodes in this arc. <laughs> I would have at least Let's, liked to know why they were after the lightsaber or who was trying to purchase the lightsaber or, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to know why. I just want to move on. So let's rate it. I was hoping... <laughs> I'll get... Go ahead. I was kind of hoping, like, Maz from the, uh, the the sequels would show up with the lightsaber and be like, I found it! Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, but no, no. Just a weird fish-headed person. I will tell you, the um, thought crossed my mind that Grievous would end up with it at the end and that we discover that he just actually acquired all of his lightsabers on the black market and didn't kill any Jedi. <laughs> but no. Uh, no. John, what are you going to uh, give it? Oh, there was something else I was going to say. Yeah, go ahead. I'm drawing a blank now. One of the chase scenes was kind of cool where she was running after her. They were sort of jumping across you know, buildings and she was, she was, they were running across signs and Coruscant and she would take out the signs as, as they went. And Ahsoka had to adapt to all the things she was throwing in her back. I thought that was kind of a cool, kind of a cool part, maybe a positive in the episode. So, so, so random thought that went through my head during this episode uh, was what kind of Jedi uh, spends his, his younger years as a Jedi Knight 
and then is is almost forgotten in the library. Literally, like nobody knows about him back there, but the librarian. Uh, so kind of what went through my mind was like this: this guy was probably kind of like a Jar Jar uh, when he was younger, and uh, and he's just really annoying now as an old guy. Can't move around as much. Uh, we can't just like get rid of him because he's technically a Jedi. Uh, so let's let's put him in the library. Um, uh, everybody else gets like Jedi council status when they become real experienced. Uh, not this guy. He gets library duty <laughs> until he dies. Uh, and so that's, uh, uh, that was another thing that kind of bothered me about this that, you know, Drew talked about, well, we were introduced and, and this is probably the last time we'll ever know of this guy. Uh, this guy probably when Anakin went to the, the temple to kill everybody, including the younglings, I could see even this guy, Anakin being like, Nah, I'm just gonna let this guy stay. Um, <laughs> he's not doing a thing, um, and so that's maybe he'll show uh, up in episode ten. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't have left me. Uh, <laughs> all the Jedi are dead. Not all of us. <laughs> the actual last Jedi will be the name of this right. one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that bothered me. Anyways. Um, I can, uh, I can rate it now. Um, I'm, I'm at like, honestly, I'm at a three. Um, I almost would rather have not watched this one. I mean, of course I'm glad I watched it, but, uh, yeah, this, uh, I feel kind of about this episode. Like I used to about, uh, I don't know, Jar Jar, um, like, uh, not, not a fan at all it just felt out of place uh and then the lesson learned at the end it felt uh felt like an episode of reading rainbow where <laughs> but worse because they missed the point um, <laughs> uh, drew go ahead it was nowhere near as cool as reading rainbow because at least reading rainbow <laughs> has lavar burton reading rainbow is like a nine or a ten john come on <laughs> butterfly in the sky <laughs> great man i would have rather watched reading rainbow than this episode. <laughs> oh, definitely. i'm saying that too i i really do not Ooh. enjoy that um the fight scene, the chase scene was about all it had going for me. And I got so excited at the beginning too when they first walked into the club and you see Hondo's pirates right there. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. Hondo's going to be in this episode. We're going to get some pirates and then... Sure. You even saw the, the one of the creatures. You know, one of the little annoying <laughs> creatures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On yeah. the shoulder of one of them. So, mm -hmm. so never, never anything more from them. No. And I, I did... You know, I'm glad I learned there were police clones, not clones, droids. No, they were robots. They were droids. Yeah, robots. Yeah. Droids. So droids. Police that droids. was informative. But again, that's those are my takeaways from this episode. <laughs> yeah. All right. I uh, I was actually probably a four, maybe even a five. Uh, probably a four until the last scene. And when she said the lesson she learned was that you should never lose sight of your lightsaber, I was like, this is stupid. Um, and, and so it dropped it either a two or a three. I guess I'll go three. 
it's, it feels bad to drop it two points for just one scene, one line, but, but that's how embarrassingly bad the end was to me. Um, so I'll give it a three. Don't feel bad. It was just a filler. <laughs> it was a lot more fun talking about how terrible it was than it was watching it. Oh, easily. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm getting up the list of episodes that we can talk about what we're going to do for next week. I, think I would prefer to watch Anakin process that guy he arrested in the beginning than watch a second. Date of birth. <laughs> Who I think was and actually the, uh, also a part of the race of the, the, you know, the same race that the pirates are from. The, uh, the fish guy, too. Another thing. Sorry, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, his, <laughs> accent, uh, his accent really bothered me. It's like they were trying too hard. Oh, uh, it was and, bad. And he was... He was very Jar Jar-like in his uh, uh, the way he was freaking out, um, and the accent was just, it was forced. It was not good. Didn't match the character good enough. Somebody that's going to steal a lightsaber shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be reacting like that. Yeah. Yeah, his voice sounded like a mixture of, like, Jar Jar and... Because uh, I think he even said Misa or something like that. He said a Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> he said a Gungan word. Yeah, he did a few and, times. And it was, yeah. It, but it wasn't It wasn't all in. It wasn't all that. It was just little pieces of that. It was like a directionless, annoying, horrible voice. Hey, right. you guys, do you think they noticed I actually switched into Jar Jar for a line there? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just keep it. This is just a filler episode. <laughs> We only got one take. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Next week, I think we're going to have – I just have a good feeling about this one, okay? (laughs) It's the Mandalore Trilogy. Episodes 212, 213, and 214. The Mandalore plot, Voyage of Temptation, and Duchess of Mandalore. So, I – I'm very interested to learn more about Mandalore. I don't know if we'll learn anything about Mandalorians or not, but uh, but this should I be, hope so. This should be interesting. If you would like to contact us by email, you can reach us at Star Wars Brothers Podcast at gmail.com. We would greatly appreciate a review on iTunes, especially if it's positive, negative. I mean, you can do that if you want to. We won't appreciate it as much as a positive review. <laughs> It'd be kind of cool to get reviewed. You know, I mean, if you're thinking, eh, this isn't a five star, I'll give it a four, even a three. Go ahead and review us. Don't feel bad. Get us a review. Let us know you're listening. <laughs> Maybe we'll take your criticism and, uh, and, and improve what we're doing here. And uh, you can find us on Facebook. Thanks for listening. Butterfly in the sky. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and that orange guy, there was something fishy about him too. And with that statement right there, we just lost whatever listener we had.